let's try again without talking about him. Uh, try what you might ask. Why try to start the Enemy Slime podcast? Episode number 220-220. I'm your usual host, Jared. I'm joined today by Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. I return from the East. I have Mr. Michael Mahoney. Glad to be. And I have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. Uh, I don't think that we talk about Jimmy Carter nearly enough on this podcast. He's a great man, a great guy. Uh, he, carpenter. he builds habitats for humanity, uh, which is pretty good. And um, Wasn't yeah. he supposed to die a long time ago? Boy, he's very old. <laughs> right, but didn't he have cancer and was like getting prepped to die later that week and then just didn't? Uh, did he? Yeah. I believe I so, think yeah. Might be, I think he might it's been, it's been a couple of decades that he had cancer and was supposed to die. He just, he just didn't. God, he's 93. That's pretty impressive. Like I think we could also stand to uh, talk about President Chester A. Arthur a lot more as well. I mean, he yeah, almost never mentioned him. He almost never comes up. That's the craziest thing is we don't even really think about him. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, he uh, among his many accomplishments, of which I'm sure Jay can tell me one. But yeah, <laughs> uh, he advocated for civil service reform yes well known for his civil service reform position uh yeah. because he's, back... uh, he's he's from vermont which mm-hmm. is the home of the maple creamy uh-huh and see back when he was uh president civil service was in sorry state um but then he came in and he said no 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 in his famous speech where he said this will not do we need to uh serve civilly better and uh, and then he proclaimed it, and it was the most prosperous time the United States has ever seen until now, where I, we're even more I, prosperous than before. I mentioned that earlier that I was uh, moving some new furniture into my apartment, and Chester A. Arthur is best known for moving about 20 wagon loads of furniture into the White House. Into the White House, yes. I recall that. He had a, he had a cherry desk. Uh, uh, that he that he brought in, uh, which now is called, as you guys probably already know, the Resolute Desk, and uh, that is the desk where the president sits and um, you know says stuff. Issues, That's where the buck stops. It's where the buck stops. It's where he issues his proclamations uh, that he's known for. Yeah. And if you can get there, where the buck stops, you can get all the bucks. Slightly related, but also completely unrelated. Uh, a chest of drawers is actually named after Chester A. Arthur. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, oh. Because of how often he would move uh, drawers, and uh, it used to be that you, when you got a, when you got like a, a nightstand, it just had one drawer. And he said, "That's stupid. It should have multiple drawers." And they're because like, we got all these drawer holes. And so he commissioned the building of a special cabinet that had multiple drawers to fill the holes that were cut in. And uh, this, is, this, is, this is very true. If you ever go to uh, Mount Vernon and tour George Washington's house, you'll notice how every everything he has only has one drawer. One, one drawer. Yeah. See, that's what I was saying. I went into when I was in Boston. I, I did the Paul Revere house, and I couldn't go in because they only accept cash. Um, and I, I didn't have any cash. I only had a card, uh, which by the way, that feels a little backwards, 
but uh, but I, I wasn't allowed into the Paul Revere house. But I asked a guy as he came out, I was like, how many drawers were in all of his all of his stuff? And the guy was like, just one. Yeah. Yep. So quite quite, quite interestingly in uh, Arthur, Arthur's wife was named Ellen Lewis Herndon and her nickname was Nell, which is where the rapper Nelly takes his name from. Yeah, I'd heard that. Uh, I didn't know that, but I, I'd heard it. Uh, Black people are always naming themselves after presidents, so I could see how that would work out. President's first wives. That's true. You got... Lady. You got... We well, uh, can't just all be Chester A. Arthur. Yeah. Someone's got to be Nelly. That's very true. Hey, I, should, should we talk about the big video game news that happened this week? Yeah, Shadow of the Tomb Raider came out. And uh, I was actually going to talk about... Not that, that one. That, the yeah. Chester A. Arthur Adventures. The Chester A. <laughs> No, well, yes. He's, he's clearly talking about Bowsett or whatever. How it's to it's incredibly that. important, but I was also going to talk about Creed, Rise to Glory. Oh, God. They made, they made a game out of the movie Creed? Yes, yes. they did. Whew. A VR game. Oh, it's VR? Yeah. Does your mom yeah, you die can... in a hospital or whatever happens in that? Well, yeah, and then your girlfriend gets angry at you that you didn't tell her your dad was a famous celebrity because... You want her to like you for you. Uh, oh, shit. This is actually a game made after the movie Creed. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just being a smart ass. You really, no. you really I mean, thought you were, that, uh, you really thought that it was going to be about like the Christian rock band, didn't you? Yeah. Doug would be, rise to glory. Doug would be pretty upset. Can you, can you take me higher? If That's the real question. Can you take me higher? If he Apparently knew he was, if he knew he was missing the chance to to uh, whip out some Creed uh, references, he'd he'd really be bummed. So you just toss that baby out a window and get on the podcast. I'll just have to edit all of this uh, all of this out. <laughs> so that if he ever listens to it, he doesn't hear it and feel so sad. Creed? Yeah, oh, no. Like, he likes Creed for real. I I thought that we made some pretty nope. good uh, Adonis Creed jokes. For the the other Creed jokes, yeah, we we did all right. Um, so uh, it's on PlayStation VR, which would be really cool if you could actually buy that. But I've never seen one for sale, and yeah, me like like never. Um, they just as soon as they get stocked somewhere, they're gone. Um, I don't know. Should I see if that's still true? Let's see if Amazon will sell me a PlayStation VR. By the this way, be your chance. Uh, now's the time to mention because Jay, you said you were thinking about getting a PS4 Pro. I've had yeah. mine now for uh, what, like, like two weeks since Spider Man came out, whenever that was, and um, I can confirm uh, it makes games run good. Really? Yeah. So uh, check it out today. Um, that's interesting. Now I was actually thinking of that because sometimes I'll get like really weird spots where a video game will chug where it should not do that. So the thing is, is that if you run the video game in 4K, it'll probably still chug. And in fact, yeah. in a lot of ways, it will chug worse. Um, <laughs> so you've you've made a gross error by buying a high tech television. Uh, if you had just kept a shitty television and hooked up the PlayStation 4 Pro to it, you'd be set. Or you could still, you can always fall back to 1080p and uh, games. I mean, that's what I thought. Like, I was hoping I would have the option to. Yeah, you, you should be able to do that. Um, I I saw online a lot of people, I, I read like a bunch of reviews uh, for people being like, 
should you hook up uh, or, or should you put a solid state hard drive in it? And the common answer was no. Like every website I looked at was like, no. Um, but they all then... Fuck no, what the fuck is wrong with you? They all had benchmarks afterwards where they're like, look at all these games we tried and look at the amount of load times that saved us. And like a lot of times it was cutting them in half. And they're like, oh, they're uh, like these performance... Cut the reviewers in half? They're like, these, these performance <laughs> improvements are not good enough for us to recommend uh, buying a solid state hard drive. And I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't normally laugh at Michael's non secretaries. That one's pretty good. It didn't cut the 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 people in half, Michael. That's a stu- that's <laughs> oh, a that's a foolish that's a foolish thing that you said. It cut the PlayStation in half and it exploded into a million oh, pieces. Oh wow! Um, killing the reviewer, saying killing the reviewer. Yes, <laughs> but it, but it wasn't intentional that the reviewer died. They were just a, they were just like a, a side. Uh, it was like a bonus. Casually, bonus. So what thing. you're telling me is definitely install a solid state. The thing is, the thing is, is that the price has come down enough on solid state drives that you can buy a terabyte one for under two hundred. Uh, price is no option for me. I just bought two tickets to the Lion King and didn't even think twice about it. Look at this guy. Uh, yeah. Well, see, in that case, you definitely need to get one. Uh, so. My comment would be, uh, like, with Spider-Man, you know how when you die, it shows you, like, the help screen with, like, tips? Um, yeah. Just to give you an idea, I couldn't read the tips. There wasn't time, usually, uh, because the, nice. the screen would just go away. Uh, I have not seen quite as noticeable an improvement in, in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, so it looks like it does vary quite a bit depending on what you're playing. I um, haven't seen a noticeable improvement in Shadow of the Tomb Raider in any category. Her, her, her. Hey, hey. Oh, uh, but uh, but yeah. So so I, I it's not going to make everything run better. But having said that, I'm pretty happy with it. Actually, uh, it was it, it's been a good idea. And after I bought it and installed it in my house, uh, they almost immediately announced a Red Dead Redemption bundle where the PlayStation's just like a normal black PlayStation that someone would respect. And uh, but then then you won't get to go your own way. That's true. It is good that I'm going my own way now uh, with my with my new cherry red fucking ridiculous uh, toy. Look, it, it shows you that uh, that you're a man who is fast and, and dies hard. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe me. Hey, um, uh, speaking of living fast and dying hard, by the... how about uh, Telltale, guys? Uh, yeah, things, things went poorly for them uh, this week. Um, I want to say that I want to take credit because I was the original hater of Telltale here. Uh, I mean, yeah. So the obvious way that this discussion is going to go is with you guys uh, letting us know how you definitely predicted this. Oh, and, I didn't predict it. I'm just taking credit. And and, and like I killed them personally. Yeah. I, well, I snuffed them out with a pillow. <laughs> I I want to like I want to just say I want to give a personal shout out to uh, Steam and how well they've been handling the situation. And I asked for a <laughs> refund. I said that like, hey, look, it looks like this game isn't going to be released, and they have been very very reluctant to respond to me in any fashion because it's very clear they want to keep my money. So looking at shout out to Steam. Looking not, at their... not, only that, not only that, Jay, but it's in my recommended list for Steam. And I can go in here and purchase this game right now. You can. Um, and some of that is because uh, in, their, in their very tone-deaf uh, response here, they have uh, revealed that 
uh, there's a chance that The Walking Dead may still complete the final season. Um, yeah, one of their partners is going to. Yeah, if they trick someone else into doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like they're considering having a partner fund it, and their their message is very mixed and confusing. There's a little bit of an implication of like, well, well, maybe we'll hire back some of the people who are working on it, and I, I, right. So, like, I feel like a lot of that is like, I, I, I think it's actually worth going by the kind of blow by blow here, um, in terms of the lead up into all this and where we are right now. Uh, I've been like, as you guys can tell, I've been like very on top of it and what's going on. Um, so it really only started with like the murmurings on um, Twitter and social media, and I think yeah. I think it really has to be stated first that it's it's kind of fucked up. Well, not even kind of fucked up, super fucked up how things went down because by the time they released um, the first episode of the final season, The Walking Dead, knowing that it's not finished, there's like there's no way the management didn't already know things were looking that dire that they would have to close their doors. Um, they no, not... they, they had to have known. They, they, you don't just do a mass layoff one day from the other. Yeah. They had to have known that they were going to close and they had to have known they were going to do it at that point. Like, yeah. There's no way they didn't. So, I'd, I'd be curious that... to know how much money they have right now. I, I'd, I'd really like to know because they're still operating. Um... Uh, the mass layoffs hit, I think, what was it, on uh, uh, Thursday or Friday? And it basically, it started, based, there was a letter that Telltale put, put, out, put out, and it was like, we're sorry, things have come with this, we will still honor our commitments to kind of our partners and our board. And the very first details on all this, all of the, like, uh, like yes, Telltale has been incredibly tone deaf in their response and in terms of uh, how they should be reacting to all of this and talking to people. But I feel like a lot of the game's journalists are, are kind of directly uh, to blame for their tone-deaf response, too. And quite a, a few publications, quite shockingly, put out articles on, you know, how great the Walking Dead series has been and, like, how it's like, worthy of your support and all that. And when, when not a dime of that is going to the people that actually created the series. And very, very, very few publications put out articles in terms of this is the shit that's really going on. This is how Telltale Games has fucked over its employees. This is how Telltale Games would like to fuck over consumers. Um, I think I think Forbes and US Gamer and The Verge all get credit for doing kind of like a really good reports as to the down and dirty. And I think it was like US Gamer that was the first to even say that, look, we've been talking to people inside Telltale who work for Telltale, and this situation is actually really screwed up. These people were unceremoniously fired. Some of them moved from other states to be here. Some people have uh, children that were just born. Um, you know, some people have to make rent next week and they're not getting a paycheck to cover rent. No one is getting a severance pay. Uh, no one was renting. Yeah, anything. which is super fucked up. Yeah, and and so and so all of this just came down. Um, and so like their employees are just like really really kind of fucked and uh, and kicked out there and like uh, you know we're kind of destroying your lives and we're we don't feel like we have to do anything about that um ubisoft and uh naughty dog both stepped in to uh, try and acquire some of that talent um oh, i didn't know naughty dog did something yeah yeah uh, naughty dog uh, put out like some postings and then they, a, they lo- a lot a lot of the a lot of devs have been 
Oh, sending out. Like, yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple. Even, even like some indie studios have kind of used this as an opportunity to, uh, like kind of reach out to to people. So I mean that's that's been good at least. Uh, yeah. But still, like two hundred and fifty job positions is gonna. It's be... it's like yeah, that's like that's like crazy. And like we they they said they were holding on a skeleton crew, and I think that gave people a lot of false hope, um, especially that uh, Walking Dead the final season would be done. Um, and you know, I think it's that's misguided in a couple of directions, but it was revealed that that is very much not what the skeleton crew is there for. The skeleton crew is there to make sure that they honor their deal with Netflix and essentially just translate uh Minecraft story mode into a TV series. So they kind of already had everything there that they need to put to throw that on Netflix and be like, hey, this is a show. Uh, they honor their partnership with Netflix. Um, you know, so Netflix won't be like, hey, we're mad at you because you owe us something. And basically, they're board members. So that's what they mean by their partners. And their board members will also be happy that this is going through. They don't mean to honor anything else with anyone. Um, uh, and like, as a, as a, as a consumer, I'm not like of the opinion that I'm not, uh, getting the rest of the episode because that, that's fine. If you guys aren't going to pay your staff, um, if you're not going to give them anything, you're not going to give them the recognition and you're not going to give them, uh, the job recon- uh, uh, recommendations and the severance pay. Fine. That's, that, that's whatever it is. That's like, uh, that's super fucked up. And I, you know, if you came back as a company, I would not support you unless I knew the management change. But the fact of the matter is you are still selling a game at full price with the promise that you would put out, uh, for episodes and you've only put out one that has been done with kind of the uh, tender loving care it should be done with, and you put out the second one without any kind of uh, playtesting or anything like that and with no um, kind of quality assurance there, and it's just out there so you can save a little bit of face and try to hold on to um, uh, that kind of consumer trickery. And I gotta say that this is some of the worst worst case of um, fanboy defense force I have ever seen for a video game. Ever, Not because... only can you still buy this in Steam, but there's not even like a warning in the page. It's amazing. Oh. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. And, and pretty well, clever. Well, well, Microsoft, Microsoft took it down. Microsoft's like, we're not going to let that happen. Uh, Sony, Nintendo, and Steam all still have it up. Uh, Steam is not dishing out refunds because Steam, you know, just initially points to their uh, time plate. And even though Steam, Steam's own policy says that this is uh, illegal and, and shouldn't happen. Um, but but like like if you're a person, I can understand that you want to see um, the story finish. Like you've been invested in the story for six years, and that's understandable. But uh, on the micro level, we're dealing with something in terms of uh, of companies, kind of uh, video game companies, getting away with uh, screwing the consumer end of things and telling us, hey, there's this awesome season pass that you should pay up front for. And we promise you all this content, and then uh, they will fail to deliver on all of that. And I, I don't engage usually in season pass behavior, but I usually trust if I'm going to get an episodic game that all the episodes will come out, and I'm not, um, you know, paying for kind of bullshit. And so this is supporting this that behavior. This is saying we're cool with that, like, or, or we're cool with uh, you promising us one product and asking for our money for that product, and then we don't have to deliver on that product. Um, you're saying, you know, you're advertising your wallet that you are fine with that practice. I, and I think on the macro level, it's completely just ignoring, 
um, what happened here to 225 people uh, just over a weekend. And like, and like, okay, you're not going to um, get to see your story, but like, these are guys uh, and, and girls who aren't going to uh, get to eat this next week because uh, there's this corrupt company did not pay them and you're supporting that as well. You, you know what it's like? Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be a piece of shit, Michael. I bet, I bet Jared knows what it's like. Don't, don't you be a piece of shit. Do, do not cheat or influence. Uh, so. No, 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 you got it all wrong. You don't get it, Jared. Oh. It's like, they are the walking dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad I came tonight. <laughs> you, you were holding on to that one, huh? So, uh... No, it's divine inspiration, like all the other ones. So the, the uh... So the hot, the hot take here is, uh, the studio is mismanaged. Um, whoops. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, well... So one of the things that it's always uh, kind of strange to me in the story is that everybody started coming out with like these horrible like stories of how you know it sucked to work at Telltale and all that, and it's like why why is everybody surprised? Uh, it's like every few like months we get a story that's like oh you know working in the video game mine sucks. It's just like yeah. I mean, well, maybe it just sucks to work, well, I, but nobody well, else gets an outlet to tell you about it. I, I, I think, I think part the, of it is that, like, go ahead, I'll let you. No, nah, it's, it's it's fine. I talked a long time. The uh, <laughs> what, what what I was gonna say is that I think some of it is that um, it, Telltale has an unfortunate situation where uh, we want to hold them to like AAA standards when they don't really operate in a AAA space, like. They're not triple A. Triple A as much crunch as anybody. They're like, well, right. But so that's the point is that by it's one, it, it, it can fall into one of two things. They're like double A, right? And so you hope that by nature of them being a smaller studio, that maybe they're able to avoid things that larger studios can get away with, like crunch. And like now we find out, yeah, they can't. Um, well, no, no let me, let me, let me that. rephrase that really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can get away with not doing crunch, um, but they, uh, manage poorly oh. and, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it has the same exact problem that most entertainment jobs have, which is if you don't like doing it, there's 700 people who would like to do it instead. So there's the door. Right. See you later. And like, I'll go hire Jimmy, the 15 year old who will work till 3 a.m. and doesn't know about labor laws yet because when he was growing up, he wanted to make video games. And so, you know, you get away with it because you can. They don't have to have crunch, but they can. And so they did. You know, um, I, I think, well, so that's part of it is um, uh, I think people like that's that has come up a lot in terms of how. Um, uh, people expected Telltale to, to deliver as a triple A, and and they really could not. Uh, but triple A, I mean, I mean, Telltale seemed to expect itself to operate as a triple A, um, yeah. and just their behavior and behavior of the management, which I think is part of where that comes from. And look, they've done like a lot of uh, messed up stuff, and it's stuff that we've known they were doing. Like if you look at uh, Taylor's other Borderlands, which is also arguably their last good game. Uh, they're like, well, this wasn't getting the sales we thought it would, so we were just going to shut it down. And then a skeleton team 
was like, hey, we'll do it, and uh, we'll do it without collecting overtime, and we'll just work in this on our free time, and that's how we got that game. Um, Skeletons are official workers. I I think the most important (laughs) thing about that situation with Tales of the Borderlands is that after that, the Telltale management like bragged about it. They're like, oh yeah, we got this free work, and it was awesome, and you know, yeah, fucking... instead of being ashamed, like like <laughs> people who aren't psychopaths, they were like, yeah, you know, they work yeah, for like, free. Like like right on. Let, let, let's tell this to like uh, Polygon and your game and all that. So tell them what a good job we did. Like, like, because so labor. exploit our people. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Um, I'm really curious to see what will happen with The Walking Dead. Um, it's obvious that they feel optimistic about it because they're they're probably having some input on whether or not refunds would go out um and and so there, there's probably someone making assurances like do you don't need to refund the game because uh yeah, it, i'm pretty it, sure steam is waiting because we're gonna them. we're gonna finish I, it we're definitely gonna finish it and yeah um, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because this uh this ticket i opened for the game has been open a really long time now and and steam is usually pretty quick in Either activating it or shutting it down. No, they're they're happen. definitely they're definitely waiting to either do something on mass or not do anything at all. I'm and, wondering yeah. if Steam gave Telltale any money from those sales, because if they did, then the truth is that Steam is probably going to have to pay out of it from their own money. Yeah, there might be and there I'm might be a problem. Pretty sure there too. they don't want to do that either. Yeah. they can afford it, but they don't want to do it. I think I look. I think one way or the other, like Telltale pulled something fucked up and I don't know why they thought like I've, I've read a lot of uh, think pieces on this and a lot of it are like oh well uh, the consumer is bad for being entitled to running the rest of the game or like or or the staff should work for free and and, and mod in their free time because I don't I'm a little shit and doesn't understand real what work but the truth is Telltale's behavior has been really hostile both to employees and consumers it's like it's like both sides of the coin here it's not like and 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 yeah, one side is definitely getting uh, fucked over a lot more than the other. Like it's like if at the end of the day I lose uh, twenty bucks for like the, the half of a shoddy product, um, and then someone else is like losing um, basically a month or month's worth of rent and the ability to buy groceries and and so that's no comparison. In but, the most expensive market in the in the country. Yeah, yeah and so so that's like no comparison. But the thing is, this behavior where video game companies are are just hostile to both their consumers and the people they employ is just like a sickening, sickening thing that's that's just rampant throughout the um, uh, the industry. Um, it's, but, it's not news, right? It's it's yeah, it's, it's not. not. It's, and it's, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, at the risk of getting a bit depressing, I mean, it, it's kind of just how like the entire system works, right? Like every time you go and you buy something, you know. Somebody down that supply chain got screwed. Like you a know, you slave a, made it. Right, you bought a sneaker, and you know there was like a four-year-old in a sweatshop stitching it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know it's yeah. I mean, it sucks, but it's there. There'll be know, why uh, we're so surprised. There, there'll be good things that come out of this too. Like I mean, you know, Telltale is a studio that basically like only exists because Lucas uh, Lucasfilm died, or Lucas Arts rather. Um, and someone, someone, you know, there are pieces of that company that are, that are absolutely, you know, undeniably talented. And there's going to be like some of them that are going to go work for other awful studios and do awful things. And there's going to be some of them that start other awful companies that also treat people poorly. 
And then there'll probably be like a splinter group that starts a good company and makes one good product before they get acquired by someone awful and also do awful <laughs> things. Um, uh, cheerful. Uh, I, I do think that there is a silver lining in the Telltale case, though, uh, because I think either on the consumer end or the employee end, they're not going to get away with it. What they did is frankly illegal uh, on both ends. Like you can't uh, with uh, maybe not so much in the United States, but with UK consumer protections, uh, you can't get away with what Telltale pulled. Um, and at least in that region, they're going to get some bite back from consumers. And as far as the United States, but we do have employee protections and they are Unless facing California, like, which is where they are. Or, yeah, California. And they're facing uh, uh, a potential like uh, uh, for a slew of lawsuits. So I'm sure they thought they were being clever and then when, with what their announcement last week, but that's not going to stand. <laughs> that <laughs> um, that's why they really got to finish this uh, Walking Dead season, uh, so they can <laughs> pay some of those bills. So uh, they're gonna they're gonna really be scrimping and saving so that they can finish it. And I'm hoping that we get like you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think the game is actually much more interesting now than it was uh, several months ago. Um, because now, I really don't know what's like. Isn't this interesting? You really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like normally, <laughs> normally with a Telltale game, I know exactly what's going to happen. But now I really don't. Like, I, it, there's a chance that like Clementine's voice actress could change midway through. Um, there, right. maybe maybe the whole I'm engine gets die. downgraded graphically at the midway point. Like, I'm almost I'm almost more. I I don't want a refund. I I don't need it. Um. I want to see what happens, and I actually just played the second episode today and finished it. Uh, and if if nothing ever happens, yeah, it was like animated cardboard figures. <laughs> and so, like, like maybe that's what'll happen. Like, I don't know. Uh, and and you know, that's a that's a thrill that I haven't felt for a while. Uh, well, I'm glad that at least some, someone is having fun. It's a really, it's a really unknown, uh, exciting thing uh, that, that's, that's going to go down. Um, I don't I think uh, Jay posted a review uh, on the chat earlier today where the guy was like, "He got me Telltale. I finally didn't figure. Uh, I finally didn't see this coming or something like that." Yeah, I've <laughs> I've seen a couple good. I've seen a couple good like uh, you know, the, don't they know that choices don't matter and stuff like that. Like there's a there's a bunch of like that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be really curious to see what happens here because I think they are gonna try and finish it. I think they're gonna try everything they can to to wrap it up, and I think there's enough people who want to see it wrapped up that that they'll probably get some help to do it, despite being pieces of shit. Um, and so I I really don't know. It's uh it's super uh weird and interesting. So the other question is like who's going to do it, right? Because I doubt those employees are coming back. I won't. I I think that they might bring in like different people. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of people who are like sitting around waiting and being like, "Boy, I sure hope they hire me back so I can finish The Walking Dead." Um, yeah, but I do I think mean, I do think that there's a chance that they could do they could like get some loans and do contract work and they could still pull it together. Um, it's probably not going to be very good, but uh, like I said, in in a way that's more interesting. Um, I bet Gavin Hammond is waiting for that call. They're gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna ring him up and be like, "Great news, we finally got a, got some work to do." Hey, uh, you know who needs a job? Who? 
Oh, hey, David, we got a lot of David, David Hayter. Oh. Voice of Clementine. There you go. <laughs> see, and wouldn't that be great if we could see that switch? Uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 <laughs> Mentioned the mentioned the Walking Dead. the The second episode's fine. Um, everybody assumed that it was going to be like really bad or something, but I mean, the the layoffs didn't take place until pretty much the day before the episode was supposed to launch anyway. So, like, if they lost any playtesting, it was two days worth, and uh, it's it's about as bad as a normal Telltale release, like. Their, their shit sucks uh, and they and they do a bad job technically pretty much every time um so i mean it meets that criteria but it's no worse than anything else that, that they've ever done but i don't I mean, know it looks polished enough on the steam page no the, as far as like as far as like being an actual game uh it's more game than anything they've ever made um it has like shooting segments and um th- oh this is actually kind of a crazy thing. There's a part in chapter 2 where you can choose to go with one of two characters and whoever you go with normally what they do is they'll just you're basically just choosing the order that you experience the stuff. So like if you go if you go with one character you'll see a scene and then you'll just immediately get shuffled into the other one that you didn't pick. Um and I couldn't believe it. I chose to go with one character, and then they just axed the other one scene, and I didn't experience it at all. So they're learning. Uh, well, well, they've learned. Too bad. And I made Clementine a lesbian. So very nice. That's pretty exciting too. Wait, is she like a determinate <laughs> lesbian, so she can be straight if you want her to? Uh, yeah, like all of them. Yes, you you can choose to pair her with a man or a woman. Doesn't. Doesn't that seem like like exactly uh, the way that we would do it now? Uh, and we're, I mean, and we're the sad these people way. are gone, huh? Yeah, I had her kiss a girl. Uh, I'm gonna kiss a girl like a fag. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what I did. Uh, and I kind of didn't want to at first. I was like, my Clement. I was like, my Clementine's not a lesbian. But then I, I don't know. I softened up on it, and I was like, you know what? Okay, and I let it. I, I you know, it it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, 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 the only reason, I guess, the reason I'm laughing, I, the reason I'm laughing is twofold. Is first of all, it is what you say, like such a modern choice in video games, where it's like, hey, we don't want to offend anyone, so, so let them be whatever you want, and any character change their sexuality so they can be that along with you. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget the time I accidentally slept with the, the iron ball in. <laughs> in um, how did that make you game. feel? Uh, surprisingly <laughs> like, good. Like a man for the first it, time. It was it was actually funny enough that I followed his whole romance through. It was really good at first, <laughs> and then really agonizing at, at the end. Yeah, you get used to it. Well, uh, the funny thing is, like, you have the the scene, and then like you wake up in your room and like all the furniture is destroyed. So I can't imagine it was intense. It's pretty good. Um. Yeah, so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is, like, I've seen, uh, like, a a litany of both complaints and celebration online in terms of Clementine's sexuality, which, first of all, I didn't think it should be that all that relevant. But second of all, not just to find out that sexuality can be whatever the fuck you want, of course, it makes it that much less relevant. (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's got to be frustrating <laughs> to them to have people be like, none of your choices matter. And then they finally give you a choice. And, and, and now they're like, hey, that shouldn't be a choice. So let it be a choice. Uh, and they go out of business. <laughs> hey, that, hey, some might say that's the, uh, the ultimate choice. That's actually probably that's probably what they're most sad about is that they finally let her be gay and they are too busy being out of business for everyone to shower them with praise. So, or 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 like threaten to burn their company down because like we, company left to burn we did it yeah. we gate her up and, and remember they, they went out of business because of women well, I mean probably who the fuck knows uh, this is getting yeah. even more depressing than it already was I'm sure there's some weird stuff let's you talk, know, let's talk about so Tomb Raider wait, 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 there on. was an actual like, pause of sorry I, did we talk about this this is like a podcasting or Facebook thing they all blend together for me after a while uh uh, a, a Coral's lover in the Walking Dead comic oh, book. Oh, we, yeah, uh, we covered that in the uh, in the other chat. Okay, so like the fact that like he that Coral in the Walking Dead comic book meets a girl, and the girl's like, "I need you to understand, I got a pair of eye holes." And he's like, "Yes, I do understand that you have a pair of eye holes," and, and they just <laughs> he, she just starts making love with his eye hole. Um, the the I was depressed, most depressed that when I heard the uh, Walking Dead was going to be canceled, that no one would ever get a chance to lick up on Clementine's tragic scars. So does that happen now? She doesn't have any scars, I don't think. Um, she does. Oh, wait, she's missing a finger. You don't even really notice. She's missing a finger, and she, she can get facial scars determining on your choices. Um, I think mine's doing doing pretty good. She looks, she looks good. She's, she's doing but, right. Is her finger missing? Uh, it is, but I don't, I noticed it in the last episode, but I didn't, it's not really like a parent. I wish that she ran into more situations where she wished she had the finger and it, now that I've made her a lesbian, she definitely is going to run into one of those situations. See, so that's like, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, it's like in the uh, Walking Dead comic book, the girl looks Carl's eye and she's like, Hey, I, I think the fact you don't have an eye is sexy. And like. But that worked the same way with the lesbian, which would be like, the fact that you're missing a finger to me, that's going to be a problem. What that's finger is she missing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, her, her ring finger. Or is it her middle? Uh, I don't even she's remember. important to the... Ring, ring finger, fr- 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 yeah. Ring finger is pretty important. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember uh, how she lost it. finger you can do without. No, dude, if she, if she loses the ring finger, she's in perma-shocker. She can do the shocker <laughs> anytime. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but then her hand will lack the structural stability needed to make a full penetrating fist. <laughs> I mean, <it's> true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's there's drawbacks to everything. Uh, we should probably Google whether or not she's of age in the show. <laughs> or in the she's a fictional character, Jared. Yeah, but I I still yeah, think you can. Like Carl's not of age either, and they get she's to eighty. Like, there we go. That's better. Okay. To that in the comic, pretty yeah, like, just, like, yeah the, uh, Carl's definitely gotten some. For any cops listening to this podcast, to the best of our knowledge, she's eighty in the canon. So if yep. if, if I don't think you the, have to worry about about that. I mean, it's not like we're the ones writing it. I already shouldn't have made her kiss that woman. Now that I think about it, this was all a mistake. Wait, I shouldn't is have... the woman older than her? Uh, no. Well, maybe a little. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's a ring finger. Tell, tell me a little more about uh, it. It's a ring finger. Uh, that seems unfortunate. She's pretty, and she likes stars, just like me. I like the stars, too. Yeah, that seems like a kind of shallow thing to say. For. Things went yeah. really well between yeah. us. 
anyone can say oh, they like nice. stars. That's like, it's like, come on, get, get some personality. Who doesn't like stars? Like, you guys are not. I would be impressed by there, someone who introduced themselves by saying, "I hate stars." You guys are not you to be all down stars. on this. It's a, it's a, it's a complex relationship. And maybe here, uh, like for stars, is determinate. And the thing is, is it's not really going to matter because I'm sure that whichever character you kiss is is almost certainly marked for death by episode four. Had they ever matter, been able to Jared, make it? Because, you know, so wait, is this like an actual kiss? Is what? Is this an actual kiss or is this like a kiss in um in Life is Strange where it's actually just a prank? That kiss is just a prank in Life is Strange. No, I gave her a smooch and it gave you a lot of chances to back out too. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't something where it was like I accidentally clicked it and kissed him like I did in Mass Effect when I kissed Freddie Prince Jr. over and over again. Uh, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was. It I didn't was, know that you could uh, accidentally kiss Freddie Prince Jr. so thoroughly in Mass Effect. Yeah, it happened a lot. Um, but uh, it, it wasn't like that. It was like, you know, I had lots of times to be like, we're just friends, just so you know. Uh, and I kind of wanted to do that, too. Just so she'd finally know how it feels, but I didn't. So is like her uh, uh, giant crush on Luke not not canon anymore? Then no, uh, she still uh, she still acknowledges. So I think I think I mean pretty clearly, Clementine swings both ways. Um, There's nothing wrong with that because we are not judgmental. Because you can swing her both ways, and she doesn't seem to have any reservations about it whatsoever. Um, that's just. I mean, let's just stick a moment here. That's just good. If you lived, if you lived in the world of The Walking Dead, would you have that many reservations about anything that wasn't trying to eat your insides? I'd fuck everybody. Uh, I still don't think I'd want my donut punched. Dead or alive, fuck them all. Uh, you could be a top, you know. That's an option. Mm, still. You know, I guess I, I can't say without trying it out. Look, don't get picky, you know, uh, because here's the thing is there's just there's probably not a lot. It's already a rough seas out there. So yeah, like, you're not running into a lot of hot trim out there. It's just going to get fucking harder once the world Unless ends. you're Rick Grimes. Then you've got like a nice selection. I mean, he just does the sword lady. So I don't I don't really know that it matters. Hi, yeah. All right, let's talk about Tomb Raider. Uh, it's, hey, speaking speaking of uh, relationships, how about the uh, Tomb Raider and and her wonderful, her wonderful good friend Jonah? Her super cuck, Jonah. Jonah is still back. Uh, yeah, let's take a moment to back. let's take a moment to acknowledge that Jonah's qualification for going on adventures is that he is the cook from the first game. <laughs> That's it. I know. I remember. I remember he was in the second on one and he got shot. Oh, uh, yeah, he does get shot in the second one. Um, and then in, in this one, he almost immediately gets into a very serious plane crash. Uh, so, like... This is after Laura uh, destroys the world and he's, like, in a typhoon that destroys Mexico. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's there with, like, his people and... Uh, but not his people. He's Polynesian, you racist asshole. He speak, yeah, he is. He speaks, he's like the rock. He speaks Spanish, though. Yeah, like people from Polynesia. People who speak Spanish are Mexicans. That's right. You heard That's... it here first. <laughs> that like, is like Lucio. <laughs> How original. Uh. Um, that's what my president said, at least. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he has far exceeded 
what any reasonable person would exceed uh, to uh, to you know get himself into that romantic relationship with Laura Croft. Uh, not- I, mean, I get I get that Laura is hot, but like, dude, seriously. Yeah, he's he's really he's really hanging on to hope. He really wants. I think to. he's really gone above and beyond. I have I have like seen that. I've seen almost nothing from uh from this game, but I have seen a screenshot of like him saying something like, "Oh, this is Laura, my good friend," and then Laura just like looking pissed behind them. I know. So, there's, there's, like, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of times that game issues us like the two of them are friends or like brother and sister you can you can stay around and listen to the conversation the first village you get to you like meet basically the first woman that laura sees who's even slightly fuckable she's like have you met jonah you got to meet jonah <laughs> let me Jeez, sit yeah, that's true. let me that's sit that's you down with jonah i got to before i uh kind of stopped because that that village is actually pretty surprisingly big for a jungle that they set up as being this kind of wild apocalypse now um uh type place that just brings out the worst in people like there, there's a very very weird uh cutscene early on there's a pair of um of jaguar bosses that it sets you up against and uh it you know teaches you how to fight animals and then there's howling monkeys all around making fun of you which i actually took the time to kill every single one of those howling monkeys while dodging yeah, that, the jaguars. that's racist yeah uh you against howling monkeys you can call the locals howler monkeys. Hey, 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 hey. Mexican. Uh, you know it takes place in Peru, right? They're, they're Peruvian, yeah. Oh, all the more. That's even uh, worse. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Lucio, anyway, how dare you? Lucio, the these are your is, people. Like there's, there's this, there's this no, I'm not. I'm Argentinian. <laughs> your proud Mexican cohort. <laughs> y'all, y'all Spanish speakers. Oh my god, I forgot what was the point. My point was that there's a very weird moment at the beginning. It's like kind of Jungle Book moment where Laura confronts these two jaguars and just like done ate her pilot. Um, and the howling monkeys surround them and they're like, uh, uh, they're like making noises and, and watching the spectacle, spectacle of a uh, Laura Croft fighting the jaguars and, uh, she kills one of them and then one of the jaguars is like, hey, you killed my buddy. That's not cool. And then there's another really weird scene between Laura and the Jaguar that's very much like uh, Alien, where the Xenomorph kind of corners Ripley and Ripley oh, yeah. thinks it's done. Yeah. And Jaguar like stiffs her and then runs off only for it to jump you for round two where you have to finish it off. And it, it does this. It's a weird moment, but it, it kind of sets it up that it's really Laura versus the jungle and that, you know, you're really uh, out here. You have Jonah, but you're kind of. Uh, all on your own and surviving in a brand new environment, and um, and and you just do some other really hardcore shit to let you know, yeah, you're you are lost in the fucking jungle in the middle of nowhere, no support, no civilization, and then the first thing you do is you find civilization. Excellent. You're gonna find. Well, you're gonna I'm, find I'm glad that one. was solved. Uh, I've actually I've I've made it to the second city, um, and it seems pretty clear that there will be more uh, after that. So. Uh, prepare yourself. The second one is a lot more remote than the first, um, but it's still huge. It's a gigantic city. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's I'm I'm shocked at how big it is because like the the second game, I mean, they had like I I feel like they had more than one, but they were all just kind of external towns. Right, they weren't like villages they had... like you were finding throughout. Um, um, yeah, like yeah, one was but one was like a satellite camp, and then there was like the main camp. 
Um, there was a, no, there was an actual village uh, where the G the like the geothermal place was. Then yeah, they had the set, yeah the camp, and then there was like the bad guys like weird derelict base in the middle. Well, I'm not I'm not like well Trinity doesn't really count to me because Trinity are just like the bad guys and right. they're always going to be there anyway. Um, and they're like in all three games or whatever. Um, it, I, I'm talking more of the fact that they you had the one. Uh, kind of satellite camp with these uh, survivors, uh, survivors, mm-hmm. um, and then you had the actual geo- geothermal uh, base camp that they had, and that was it. They were o- the only civilization there, and they were a lost civilization, right. and you found them. Um, Cast from Hook. In Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you're running across actual like Peruvian cities, and of course that first Mexican um, city that you start out in, and you're just finding different groups of people, and like no, this is populated. This is like a world. Um, and I'm not sure, honestly, I'm not sure how much I love that. <laughs> I don't know, it's a, it's a good question on how, like, effective it can be. The cities are pretty, um, they're kind of, they're kind of just veneers a little bit. Having yeah. said that, each one at least has a, a, a minimum, like, one side quest that you can find. Um, you can talk to kind of a startling number of people. They don't really have a oh, lot. Yeah, you really can. They don't really have a lot to say, but like you can talk to a very large number of people. Um, they have stores, uh, which, by the way, Jay, I'll give you a tip if you end up going back. Um, the game never tells you this, but uh, when you earn uh, gold ore or jade ore, you actually have to sell that, and if you don't, your pockets will fill up and you can't collect anymore. And yeah, I figured that out early on. I was kind of under the impression that that was money. Uh, and so I just kind of assumed that I was automatically having it added to my currency stack, but you actually have to explicitly uh, sell it. Um, yeah, so it's a weird system. The game itself is uh, is pretty good. It's it's kind of more of the same. There's two things that drive me off the fucking wall. Um, water. Water is the first one. Uh, I said this in the chat, but uh, from from the dawn of time to now the most universally hated thing in video games is water levels uh, with with unwarranted stealth sections uh, following behind it. And uh, <laughs> I don't know who the fuck at Eidos Montreal thought it would be a good idea to combine the two, but that's what they did. Um, so it should be it should be worth it's point, worth pointing out that it is, in fact, a different studio that handled this song. It is Eidos Montreal, and uh, they made some choices, I think, that really do make me scratch my head. <laughs> Seeing that I actually, so I went into this knowing that it wasn't Crystal Dynamics, and I assumed it was going to be very bad uh, for that reason. And to it, to their credit, uh, despite some missteps, I actually think I've really enjoyed what I've what I've played so far because uh, I I thought for sure that they were going to just completely ruin this, and uh, I, it's it's actually I, not bad. I, well, let me ask. Let me ask this because the the first real circular section of the game I've gotten to is that first uh, Peruvian village. Does the does like does the jungle ever do this cool thing where it wraps back around? Uh I could see how it would. Um, okay, but I don't think just, I'm just because Yamatai and then the uh, you know the second game like it was really neat how everything loop back around in itself and in fact the second one was really great in terms of having a, a kind of central hub area um, yeah i i could see how the map could do that and the map's really large so yeah, i've un- i've uncovered a, just a very small 
uh, portion of it. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure on on how that'll come out. Um, and then my other big complaint: so the, the the water sections are fucking stupid, and they're they're a bad idea, and there's a lot of them. Um, and then the other thing that that has kind of irked me is uh, in Rise of the Tomb Raider. Uh, you get a move, maybe even you get it in the first Tomb Raider, I don't remember, but it's the axe throw where you jump off a cliff and, yeah, then, yeah. and then you hold no. square. It, I and think that's the second one, yeah. And you'll throw the axe. You it, use that a lot in Shadow. It is, well, so I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is how fucking imprecise it is. Uh, there are so many times where I'll hit it, I'll watch her do the move, like I can, she does the animation and everything, and I still just like plummet to my death for some reason. So I think imprecise is actually a really good way to describe Shadow of the Tomb Raider because I I feel like, you know, uh, in terms of Rise in the first game, the design and the traversal and all that are like just really, really fucking tight. And and Tomb Raider has like these spectacle sections in the uh, reboot that are just like really fucking mind-blowing. But in the first two games, the spectacle sections are very precise. So you really have to fuck up uh, in order to fail them, and you just have to like miss your timing and miss your step, and as long as you just keep that forward momentum and keep doing uh, the climbing puzzle or the platforming or whatever the hell it is, you will escape and you'll be fine. In um, Shadow, I'm finding that's a lot less the case. I'm finding that sometimes their timing is off, and that screws me up a lot more. Like I'll, I'll be a lot more frustrated uh, by dying because. It feels like their shit is moving a little faster than it should, or moving a little slower than it should. And then there are other times that it feels like in those spectacle sections, uh, I'm never in any danger to begin with. Like, it's really obvious to tell something was always going to miss me, and it was never going to hit me. So it's not quite on the edge of my seat as the other two games. Yeah, it's... um it gets sloppy sometimes, and I I don't really know why. A lot of it is stuff that I think could be patched um, in a meaningful way. We'll see whether or not this game gets uh, proper, you know, post-launch support. But yeah, we'll, we'll I, I think for me with the game, a lot of my the jury is still out on a lot of things. I'm not sure how I feel about gear uh, with stats, especially since you're not allowed to just kind of wear whatever you want, like you were in the second game. Um, I found it really weird that all of the costumes for the second game were unlocked right off the bat, and then I realized, well, that's because you're not going to be wearing them, because you have to collect uh, animal skins and all that that give you different abilities and uh, things like that, and I'm I'm like, I, I'm not sure I feel about this Jungle Book, Laura. <laughs> there's there's definitely some incentive, uh, there, there's some incentive to craft the, the outfits. Um, I, I got like a, I, I think a, my edition like came with a, a couple of bonus ones. So I had some like perks right off the bat too. Yeah. Um, I think I might have them. Um, I, I didn't really look. I don't really open those things. Um, yeah. You know, I'm still, let me ask this. This is my main question because I did one of the challenge tombs, which mm-hmm. I think were like the main draw of the first two games despite the fact there are only a few of them. And the first challenge team I did, I wasn't... Challenged? And I think I was... Yeah, the um, you know the big puzzle team that you have to do. Yeah, but you weren't challenged, though. I wasn't, well, I wasn't challenged because the challenge team, the first challenge team that I did was a lot more action-oriented and less puzzle-oriented, which 
to oh, me that's so good. Yeah, that that like completely misses the point of challenge two. Does that change? Do we get to be more puzzle oriented later on? I don't feel like I've done any that I thought were especially action oriented. Um, there's. Did you do the one where you raise the ladder up? No. Okay. That that'll that'll scratch the itch that you're talking about uh, a little bit more. That's good. You're also not mistaking it for a crypt, right? Because the crypts no, are. No, no, no. Uh... No, no, no. I know the crypts are different. Okay. Um, and the crypts are also on rise, so. Um, yeah, so those are so, oh, those are back, actually, and they're still separate. Me, you did remind me something of something else that annoys me in this game. It's kind of a minor complaint. Uh, I don't know. It's it's middle of the road complaint. Um, in a lot of Metroidvania games, often when they're kind of not uh, clever enough to give you new puzzles and new exciting ways to tackle things, they'll just take away all your old gear and then tell you, "Okay, now go get that back," and then you can do the puzzles again. Um, and, you know, I think the Metroid Prime series did it. A couple of the Castlevanias did it. And I felt like Two Shadow the Tomb Raider definitely pulled that shit because there's nothing new. They just took away all your old shit from Rise and told you, okay, now go collect it again. Uh, I mean, on some level, I was going to actually kind of issue a, com- a compliment in the opposite direction, which is like, that's the the really popular thing where it's like, oh, I got hit in the head and I forgot all my moves, and now I gotta <laughs> now I gotta learn all my moves again. Or or Salmos does that a lot. Or they do uh, they do Salmos uh, weapons. If you're really unlucky, they do my least favorite thing, where they start you in the prologue chapter with all of your stuff. And then take it away oh, from you. Oh God, I hate this shit. And, but that's exactly what they did in Shadow. Uh, like, no, you don't. Uh, what do you have in the beginning of Shadow? Aside from like guns, like you, you, they you take away in the beginning of Shadow. They take away your guns, said, but that's pretty much it. Like you, but you know, they take away they take away your um your axe. They take away the bow because I came up to challenge students where all her basic equipment was missing. I was like, hey, you need her very basic equipment and very basic skills to be able to go do this, so go find that first and come back here. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't take very long to get. Like, the, I think the, the biggest, like, blocker is the, the uh, upgraded knife, and, like, I already have that. Um, but, uh, but, like, you get the pickaxe back really quickly, and you get the bow back really quickly. You're not, you're not waiting very long to, to get those back. But, like, her, her skills, like, in her upgrade tree... For the most part, those are all pretty new skills. Her, um, her skills are new. The um, the tools aren't. <laughs> tools are just you building your rise. Your rise to no. The tools definitely aren't. But at the same time, like I can empathize with that problem. Like I don't really know. I don't know how you make a third game in a series and still have like meaningful progression without her, uh, without tools, reinventing no, the wheel. Happen. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what they had. Give her a third pickaxe. That's kind of what they'd have to do. Is they have to be like, and now she can turn into a ghost. And you know, I mean, <laughs> that's, just... what they did. that's what they did. You, you could get uh, in underworld. You got Thor's belt and hammer. Yeah, that sounds awful. They uh, to get those gladiator balls for kidding? Mortal Kombat Annihilation that they used to travel through to move around blocks and shit. That was incredible. What are you? What are you suggesting, Michael? They need to get those gladiator balls from Mortal Kombat Annihilation that they used to travel through the center of the earth. Oh. That was really bad. Um, so in the movie, but in the game, it'd be great. No, in the game, it would be very good, and I'm sure done tastefully, but in the movie... So, so, so let, me ask, let me ask this. Do you really think they couldn't come up with a new tool besides a knife for the jungle? I mean... Come with a big knife. I did <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could be like a machete. 
Right. I mean, a machete's great too. I mean, I don't know. You, something you could do things. You could do things like I can't open this without the medallion of uh, blah blah blah. But like, I just don't. At the end of the day, like it's still just like gating things from a, a secondary thing. Yeah, but it's like a new way to think about the puzzles instead of just doing it the same way. I'm, you've done what I'm about, what I'm getting at is that knuckles. What I'm what I'm getting at is that I'm more pleased that they didn't like take away both of your axes and be like, because remember in the first Tomb Raider, how you just have at first you don't even have the axes, you just have the pick, and you can do right. You can see, do one like, jump like, with that, the pick. That that gets that that gets that part of my problem with it. Because in the first Tomb Raider, yeah, you start with, you start, you don't even have to pick at first. But the first Tomb Raider, the, her journey is really baked into the Metroidvania aspect, where by the end of the game, the final boss, you're not even fighting a proper final boss. You're combining every single skill and every single tool you learn over the course of the game. And I personally thought that was like an incredible thing to pull off. Um, and it's diminished each time because, you know, you're not learning these things, you're just getting the old things back. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think it's just it's less interesting because they give you most of your stuff right at the beginning, and it's like here you go, go do all that stuff that you did again. Um, but I mean, there's also a really easy path they could have taken where they take your axe and don't give it back to you for like half of the game. And I think at the very least, like it's nice that they didn't do that um, mm-hmm. because I could definitely see that being a really simple solution that they would have had, where they're just like, let's just make the same game again. Uh, with the same limitations and the same upgrades, but now it takes place in the jungle. Yeah, I mean, I I, I understand what you're saying. I I just think that it's uh, that even to go there to begin with, um, it's just annoying. <laughs> I think from a design perspective, it's just it's a tough problem to solve in general. Like, there's I don't know if I really have a great answer for how you do stuff like that, but I can tell you that I don't think I, the answer is like what Yakuza Kiwami did, where. I get to be like tough Kiru for like one chapter, and then they're like, "Oh no, he forgot everything now." <laughs> I, you know, I think that. Um, so, so here, here's here's the thing. Here's here's uh, my my twofold answer. And look, it's not like they weren't thinking of the puzzles in a new way. It's you do have to use Jonah in some of them, um, which is interesting. You it, it, the 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 section where you have to play as like kid Laura Croft is is kind of uh it's kind of cute but it's interesting in how they um tackled the puzzles there so it's not like they were weren't thinking about it they were definitely thinking about it um I, you could correct me if I'm wrong here but I feel like uh in the first Tomb Raider basically your bread and butter thing was the bow and arrow and. I think you could get like other weapons, but you couldn't rely on them. That bow and arrow would always come to your core. And in Rise, it really got to be about the other firepower that you could get, and those were worked more into the puzzles. I might be making this shit up. I might just be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure the guns are what added the new element to uh, the puzzles in Rise. Um, yeah, I, I think for me in in Shadow that's missing, and the other thing is in the, in, pre, in prior Tomb Raiders, before the reboot, a uh, supernatural element was used to keep things fresh, and it didn't feel tacky. And Shadow starts with a very very aggressive supernatural. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and the supernatural elements in the other two games kind of came towards the end, where like for a long period of the game, it felt like hey, maybe it's just. There's a scientific explanation, right? 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a surprise when Queen Yamata is actually like a thing. Or right. when you finally make it into the old Roman city. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a surprise and it's kind of like, it's kind of like a turning point in the game, right? I mean, yeah. you, you could still the way that this one opens up, like you could still have some reasonable doubt. Like it could, you it could be the, it could be, it could be the worst timed tsunami like of all time uh, that just just happened to occur but right after. But see, I, I I think it's not well. It's the worst time tsunami, but then after that, you're quickly <laughs> dealing with a storm, and then after that, you're dealing with a crazy ass jungle. It's like it's a lot. That, that's that, just yeah. It could that's be just craft luck. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just shitty craft luck. The the class of shitty craft luck that got her dad shot in her study. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Lucio, I, I was eleven. We're we're we've been going a while here, but I I I know that you went out of your way to watch the movie. Um, yes. And so I, I and so I went out of my way to watch the movie too. So thank you very much. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how how was the old Tomb Raider reboot, and can this franchise survive without Angelina Jolie? Well, I think yeah. Uh, I don't know hey, how the at least the candor becomes Angelina Jolie at the end of the movie. Just so you know. Yeah, they they like pump her full of silicone. It's great. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, like, cause she gets a mastectomy or what? Uh, she gets no, a mastectomy and then she gets a, breast implants. She has oh, a yeah. terrible French plate, uh, braid and her her dual pistols that used mm-hmm. to be famous weapon before in bow and arrow. So it was better than I expected. That's could good. Have been better. Um, I really like the beginning of the movie where she's like just like a shitty, poor like courier in London. Millennial. Um, yeah. Title millennial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoy that part. Uh, I think it was well done, and I think it does a really good job of like showing her character. Mm-hmm. Um, then it starts kind of following the movie, but it follows like. Uh, sorry, it's not following the game, but it kind of follows like the boring parts of the game where it, like it gives up on that really quickly too on both yeah. the game. Oh, so it's so it doesn't have a lot of like the survival kind of aspect that the that not the reboot right. had. Nothing. Oh. The first thing that happens is she's taken to a Trinity camp. Yeah, I thought like the whole point of this was that they were gonna like do the survival angle. They so that's one like, of the things, right? Thing... Because... I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's what the thing, right? Because like one of the things that turned me off from like watching this movie uh, before was that like they had the whole like I'm a survivor campaign and I'm like, oh, it looks boring as hell. And that, you know, I just avoided it. But the movie's more like uh, like I guess a, a story of like, her finding her dad and then just killing a dude, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, using MMA to finally. Avenge her father who was alive, but then died. Was alive the whole time. Yeah, but then she, but then he still died. So yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, (laughs) So like it, it it really kind of loses a lot of momentum when she uh, finds her dad and like just stuff shit stops making sense. Yeah, Um, there's like I I want to like give props. There's like one part in the movie. Like I agree with Lucio 100 percent that. First half is uh, pretty good, and then the second half is like, hey, we forgot this needs to be a terrible video game movie. So let's do that. Um, it, it, or when when she's they introduce all of these characters in her life, and you are sure you're like one hundred percent certain 
that is going to be her crew on the Endeavor. Um, and yeah. then none of those characters come up again. Uh, yep. <laughs> they have this whole thing with the rival, like, MMA fighter. Yeah. That they, like, make a point of showing, like, yeah, she beats the fuck out of her, but they're friendly and stuff. And yeah, then she but, just like, never comes like, up again. And, and all of them, like, fill the archetypes, too. Like, you have a girl, like, okay, she's not Asian. You have uh, this, uh, what is she? She's, like, uh, black or she's, like, uh, uh, mixed race or something. And, yeah, she's, like, a mix. And, uh, yeah, and, and she's, like, close friends with Laura. And you swear to God she's going to be Sam. And then, you know, there's people uh, on her, uh, you know, who have looked out for her since she was a kid. And you swear they're going to be, like, other characters in her life. And then just none of them at all go so on. There's this whole, like, thing they introduce <laughs> with, like, this. Uh, because she's a courier, so she takes, like, food for this, like, Indian restaurant. I mean, there's this Indian boy that wants to talk to her, but he oh, can't. Oh, I forgot about that. I was sure, and the Indian boy is a chef as well. I was sure he was like Jonah. Yeah, and then like, there's this whole thing of like her riding through his restaurant. So he appears more than once. Um, there, there's the, the, the bike guys who are like, you know, like kind of her co-workers. Um, so there's a bunch of shit like that that gets introduced and it just doesn't happen. So basically... There's a video game movie that that severely deviates from the video game, which I guess uh, I guess that's actually just video game movie. I was redundant there. I'm sorry. Movies. I don't I, I don't know why I just said that. So so there's there's one part in the game I just want to uh, sorry in the movie that I want to mention where um and she first arrives in the jungle and she's like separated from the one fucking guy who went on her on the ship um. And she has to, like, crawl. I forget, I forget how they set it up, but there's a giant waterfall, and there's this old rusty plane that's falling over the she, edge of the waterfall. She jumps uh, off of a bridge into yeah, the she, water to avoid the Trinity guys. Right, that's what it, that's what it was. And, and so she ends up on, like, this plane, and it's, like, this really, really cool visual section where she's just kind of using her skills to get across this waterfall and get across this plane as it's falling apart. And it feels exactly like those um, those kind of high impulse uh, spectacle sections I was referencing earlier in uh, the video game. And you're like, oh wow, this is going to be the movie. This is going to be awesome. This really captures like the feel. And that's the only time to do it. The whole fucking movie. It's <laughs> not another scene like it. So the other the other thing is like they set it up kind of at the beginning of the movie uh, when she's in Hong Kong and she gets her backup backpack stolen. Um, but she's running, um, like in this like uh, dock, and then the the guys that stole her backpack like take a take a little boat, and she could jump and get it, but she hesitates at the last second and stops. Uh, so I thought, oh, this is gonna come up later, and it did. It did in the plane, but it was like ten minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you thought it'd be like the end of the movie where she finally yeah, gets the courage. Like, she's finally gonna do the acrobatic stunt, but then like, no, oh, she just did it. And like mm-hmm. it seemed she didn't even hesitate in the you know, in that moment. She just did it. Well, uh, so it's, it's full of kind of weird things like that where like I think the intention to like make a competent movie was there, but um I mean uh, their their director has only made Norwegian films up until now. Um, this is his first American uh, movie, uh, so you know he he's learning, uh, and I'm sure the next one that's definitely going to get made will be twice as good as this one. 
the other um the actress was actually pretty good yeah well, i mean the canter is great she's like a good actress <laughs> yeah she she was she did good she got uh, nominated for a teen choice award too for action movie actress so uh, good 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 for her she, she deserves it that. i uh i had to i had to say um that this this movie feels kind of weird. So something something bugged me a lot in Rise of the Tomb Raider, and that's how uh, this character of Anna just came in out of nowhere. It's like she's supposed to have like this deep history uh, with Laura, and and just like there's like all this shit going on between them, and that's why you should hate her in Rise of the Tomb Raider. And then the Tomb Raider movie kind of feels like the story of Anna that they forgot to actually tell in the video games. Because it's really got a lot of her origin in there, um, which I never saw in the fucking games at all. It's a very strange thing. I've never experienced that before. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't. The other, the, the other weird. There's like a bunch of like weird things like that too. Like there's this whole like thing of her. Like she she has a ton of money that she has access to, and all she has to do is like sign like two papers, and like. Instead of doing that to fund her expedition to go somewhere, she like pawns like the last remaining jewel she has from her mom. Her mom, it's just random stuff like that that is kind of weird. Uh, on the other hand, that scene involved Nick Frost and it was pretty funny. So you know. Oh, by the way, just to, just I want you to know, uh, uh, Walton Goggins, uh, completely completely misused, terrible. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Awful in this movie. All right. Well, then I. You already pretty much I talked kinda, me into not watching it, but I kind of like that they try to make his motivation like I just want to go home and see my family. Yeah, that's, okay. that, that, that's, that's like, always that's always a compelling villain who just wants to leave. <laughs> Boy, yeah, because like you like I you kind of kind of sympathize with that, and they kind of try to make it sympathetic because they show you like pictures of like him with his daughters, but then like he just has like no no other like charisma. Does he get like trapped he in a sarcophagus? No, he doesn't. Yeah. He gets MMA to death. Oh, well, that's bad too. <laughs> that's awesome. That's where the whole like MMA thing came. Mind you, Lara had like. I mean, I guess you could say that she won the fight in the jungle, but she kind of cheated. But anyway, she basically lost all her fights in that movie. Uh, but she she beat the final boss. To yeah, be fair. To be fair, they did shoot him first to kind of make it even. So you know, I can I can live with it. Right. Uh, hey, so so just I want to say, you know how uh, Laura controls a ton of dudes, and that's how she gets her pair of guns in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not now she actually gets them. She gets them from a a pawn shop, and it's a super funny, super wacky scene. Like, hey guys, I'm going to take these guns and just just slaughter a bunch of people with it. Isn't that funny? Yeah. That's what's funny. She looks at the gun and she goes like, I'll take two. Ooh. (laughs) I think that's the last uh, line of the movie, too. What a zinger. Uh, um, I won't won't get into it. The the Predator ends with a line like that where you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I want to hear it. Um, You're not going to watch it, right? No. Oh. All right, I'll spoil it. It's so bad. I I'm doing anybody a favor by spoiling this. Um, the movie ends. Uh, so the basic plot is the predators come here and they want to steal this guy's son because his son's autistic, and 
What? They, yeah. <laughs> they want to they want to steal his autistic son because there's a little throwaway line where they explain it where she's like the lady scientist is like you know some people think that autism is the next evolution of humanity. Um, and so the and so the this is all true. And so the predators show up and they're like we we want that autistic kid so that we can evolve and become better predators. <laughs> and all all true. <laughs> Uh, and there's so another. So the predators really like my little pony. There's another. <laughs> there's another predator who comes to Earth, and he wants to help humans, and so he comes to why? bring them. He, I don't. It, they never explain why. Uh, he comes to bring them a suit that turns them. It turns whoever wears it into like a, autistic. A cooler? No, <laughs> they don't have the autistic powers yet. It, but only the autistic kid knows how to open the ship where the suit gets locked. Because while the predator's coming here to give us the suit, he crashes his ship, and we need to get in there. And so anyway, they they finally get in there and they get this thing he brought, and it's a it's a a suit, and whoever wears it turns into like a tougher looking predator, and uh, and the that suit lets them like. It's a suit that basically is for killing predators. So the predators were coming. The predator, predator. The predators were coming to take the autistic kid, and one of them was like, "I'll help you." And he brought them a suit so that, that we could become predators who kill the predators. And uh, anyway, the, at the end of the movie, the the hero sees this suit, and um, he's like. They're like, what is it? And he's like, it's a suit to kill predators. And then he goes, I hope it comes in a 42L. And that's that's the last mm. that's the last line of the movie. Mm. So like when, hey, they wrote, nice when they wrote this movie, they knew that it was about like like an invisible alien with like a laser gun that just like hunts people, right? It's not anymore. Now it's about an autistic boy. Yeah, no, I, I get that the aliens want to like really get into MLP, but um. It's just like what? <laughs> no, Why? You, you really. It, it's one of those things where, like, when you when you watch it, you're confused most of the time. Um, but but then when you leave and you try to explain what happened, it you all of a sudden realize that you saw something that was like even more bizarre than you realized as you were experiencing it. It'd be like if you're. It'd be like if you were sitting on your bed one day. And your uncle came in dressed like a clown and rested his hand on your leg and said, I love you very much. And like, you got the fuck out of there. That was weird in the moment, but it's even weirder when you tell someone about it later on. (laughs) And that's basically what the predator is. And that's also basically how I felt as I left the theater for the predator is I felt like that had happened to me. Uh, It's, It's weird. Yeah, it was really bad. It was, it was astoundingly bad. And, um, Hey, how is Keenan? Uh, he's he's uh, beyond wasted. He, it just no one no. There are, there are multiple talented people in this movie, like Thomas Jane, and they are just completely. Uh, they 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 have no reason to be there. Um, it is it is so awful. It's it's definitely the worst movie I've seen this year. Like very easily, this is fucking crazy. Um, and I, I knew, like, I heard that it was bad, but no, it's I like, wasn't expecting, like... It's, it's really bad. It's a it's a disaster. And the longer I've had to reflect on it, the, 
the more strongly I feel that. Pretty nasty. Anyway, uh, Jay, uh, I'll let you have the final say on this as the as basically the only person who uh, both played Shadow of the Tomb Raider and watched the movie. If I had time to only do one of those things, which one should I do? Uh, you should play Angel of Darkness. Um, oh, Jesus, Jay, why? That wasn't one of the options, but uh, as previously discussed, we, we already know that Jay's time obviously isn't all that v- valuable, so <laughs> to, to play Angel of Darkness doesn't feel like that much of a leap. Uh, but, uh, all right, well, there you have it. So, um, uh, bye-bye, Bye-bye, Telltale, and hello, Tomb Raider. And uh, next week, we've got... I don't even know. I'm sure something will ha- come out or happen between now and then. Pathfinder, I guess. We can talk oh, about wait. That. This looks, uh, this oh, looks yeah, the, essentially juicy. The game where oh, you take a bath. Second. Yes, Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Where is a bath? You um, have to find it. That's the whole point. Yeah, I suppose so. All right, well... He just, uh, you just started, you just started pathing the find, and... And he didn't let yep. me know until after I watched uh, Ready Player One, so I can back to find it. Hey, told you to watch Ready Player One. You can no longer buy The Walking Dead on Steam. Ooh, oh, really? Did they axe it? Mm-hmm. You can buy the, uh, the, de- the demo, but Steam heard something all right. Oh, you're right. He doesn't have a price anymore. Uh, give refunds, but they're... they're uh, all right, well there you go. That's a that's a hot reveal right here. That was a smart decision, at least, to remove it for now until they can you figure can out. Download a demo, which what I the fuck they're gonna the first do. Episode? Boy, I feel like this is like a PT, where I'm gonna keep this on my computer and sell my computer someday, and people will be like, "Hey, did you hear Clementine was a lesbian?" And I'll be like, "Yeah," and I've got the only footage of her being it. You want to buy it? And uh, I'm gonna be rich. So, you said Steam yeah. has the wheel. So, did you DRM. did you sell that PlayStation now that you don't need it anymore? Uh, I I actually didn't keep PT. I deleted it, so I never. I still have PT. Do you? Yeah, I have PT too. Yeah. Well, lucky you. I have PTSD from missing it as much as I did. Um. All right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed our podcast tonight. I think that you should go. I know, Michael. I know. You were right there. <laughs> if you enjoyed our podcast tonight, I think you should go subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, whatever uh, whatever service it is that you could you could think of. Um, and uh, go to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, we'll be back next week with a, a protracted and exhausting discussion on, I don't know, uh, whatever next studio closes. Uh, hey, you know, you know, we should. You remember how we celebrated The Walking Dead on a podcast a few years ago? Uh huh. We should do that again. I mean, we could if if people had bought it, but you can't buy it anymore. So we bought it. Well, that's on us. Yeah, we bought it, and, and uh, Steam does not seem to want to give my money back, so I might be stuck with it. Well, I have a feeling now that it's taken off the store, you'll be good. And hey, folks, I think with that. We are out.